I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein. And this is We Had No Idea. Episode 22. Woohoohoo! We are now past the point where any of the birthdays matter. No, this And one, it's just a drifting into the slow abyss. We'll just never speak of this again. Yeah. We come to you from Mokinsis, and we acknowledge that we get the privilege of living and producing this show on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tsutsina Nations, the Iahe Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes on the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. You can find out what native lands you're on by looking at native-land.ca. We've done that for most of these shows. I don't know why today I thought that one was my line. Today you were like, um, <gasps> <laughs> region of Southern Alberta. No, yeah. shoo. Southern Alberta. <laughs> the sources for today, history.com, the, the Canadian... Canadian Encyclopedia.ca. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to do this one word at a popcorn. time. Popcorn. We're going to do popcorn style. N. NPS.com. <laughs> he, he didn't go for it. I thought you said and, not oh, N, N. And I realized midway through that I had screwed that up. Snubbed me. Rude. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but no, you're right. The only thing I could think of for 22 is the Taylor Swift song. Oh. I am not aware about you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, that's not what she said. No. I guess next week there's a Blink-182 reference that we can get in. Right, right, right. Then after that, just try to find historical things for 24, 25 sports jerseys, maybe. Yeah, maybe for you. Yeah. Sports jerseys, I got nothing. 87. That's a jersey. Yeah. I mean, I could have said any number. Right. And you would have been like, yeah, 97. Connor McDavid. Yeah. Yeah. Like Amigo. Sports. Some could say you're striking gold, which is what we're looking at today. (laughs) 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 Yes, today we are going to be talking about the Yukon slash Alaskan gold rush. Now, a lot of times there's like a bit of a deeper meaning to some of these like, oh, hey, it's whatever week or, oh, well, this is happening. So maybe we try to tie it in. The way we came upon doing this episode was... After our week off, we were like, um, we need to do a show. So what should we do that show on? And (laughs) I just Googled this week in history and the something gold rush came up and we were like, oh, neither of us have any clue what this is about. You know, uh, played Oregon Trail. Once or twice, mm-hmm. died of dysentery, obviously. Yeah, several times. Uh, most endings. I think that that's the only ending. It's the only ending for all of us, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just dysentery, man. <laughs> I can't. You have to speak. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I was excited to, to go through this. I'm excited to make some jokes about such a weird thing that happened about gold in them, their hills. Um, but just, sorry, quickly, back to the Oregon Trail thing. Uh-huh. That was, like, for us, it was in school. You, you ha- I'm assuming that was your exposure to it as well? Oregon Trail? You know what? Hmm. Now that we are talking about it, I don't think I actually ever played it. I think I may have really? watched other people play it and mm. die of dysentery. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I personally ever actually played it. Hmm. Yeah. In school or otherwise. Interesting. There must be. Missing out. There must be websites somewhere where you can still play that. Do we live Google it? 
I suppose we could. We live Google do it, as my sister now says, (laughs) because I messed up some words one time. Look, there's a lot of stuff I've admitted to not knowing, and Google do is what you're going to stick with? (laughs) Mm -hmm. To be fair, I kind of... I, I feel like I started that by pointing it out on the show because that, that was definitely a whatever that we could have either A, edited out or B, I could have just glanced over. But instead, I decided to not. But no, we I remember playing that in grade three. Um, it's not like it was a we spent all day playing Oregon Trail and that was our education. But we definitely had that available to us in the classroom if someone like got their work done early or something like that. Mm. How has Google doing gone? Uh, Google doing is good. You can play the Oregon Trail online. Yeah? Yeah. It's in a archive.org. Mm. It looks like there's actually a ton of uh, of games you can play on here. Interesting. Uh, educational, of course. This of is course. the Internet Archive where only the most credible of things are found. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, no, you can definitely play this. Interesting. That's so cool. You want to dive dysentery later? <laughs> Do I? Do I ever? <laughs> Um, so yes, thank you for uh, for letting us have our week off and uh, no one saying shit about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, we spent the time doing absolutely nothing and it was fantastic. Yes. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, for downloading these episodes uh, and for letting us learn and hopefully learn with you and um, also admit to things where we're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Where I'm dumb. <laughs> oh, no, I, I am too. I, I definitely am. Because, um, yeah, this this is one, like, not even the foggiest of clues. No, I was like, about people just, like, put subject. rocks into colanders, and then someone was like, hmm, shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So let's get into it. Uh, okay. The Yukon Alaskan Gold Rush. Did we decide it was Yukon Gold Rush or Alaskan Gold Rush? Or it's called both in different sources. Anything I looked up, it was referred to as the Klondike Gold Rush. Oh, a yeah. third name has entered the chat. <laughs> right. He's the third name. That's a ref- <laughs> wrestling reference this audience isn't going to get. I apologize. I laughed at it anyways. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm, I did. I appreciate that. Yes. All right. So in 1896, when Shaw Tala Kate Cormack... Her brother, Kish, Skookum Jim Mason, and nephew, Kagoks, Dawson Charlie of the Carcross Tagish First Nation, along with Kate's husband, George Carmack, discovered gold in what is now known as Bonanza Creek. Rabbit Creek uh, was its original name near Dawson City. Around 1,500 prospectors were panning for gold along the Yukon River Basin, but in mid-August of 1896, made up year that I definitely wrote as 1986 a bunch of times, <laughs> uh, Carmack discovered Yukon gold on Bonanza Creek, a Klondike River tributary that ran through both Alaskan and Yukon territory. Look at all three of those names just conveniently in half a sentence. There you go. It's all of them. Yeah. Both. (laughs) Uh, Conditions in the Yukon, I mean, to this day, not fantastic, but uh, back in the late 1800s, Worse. So that made communication with the outside world difficult at best. As a result, word didn't get out about the Klondike gold discovery until a year later. Once the word spread, a ton of people, known as Stampeders, headed north searching for Yukon gold. Insert Yukon Cornelius joke here. So that's the guy from the Rudolph things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he throws his axe up in the air and he goes, yeah, then he picks it up and he... Tries it. Hmm. It turns out he's looking for a peppermint mine. 
which is oh. why he licks the pickaxe. Oh, interesting. I so know. I always thought it was gold, but he wasn't uh, trying to drink gold. He wasn't trying to be like minerals. Hmm. He was trying to be like, is it minty? Interesting. Fun, right? It's a kid's hmm. show, so that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so most people heading up there had no idea what they were actually in for, as I would imagine the Yukon was just some faraway land. Like, it's just, it is so tough to wrap your head around. Today, like, if something happens anywhere in the world, for the most part, we know about it. Like, obviously, there are things that fly under the radar. But it's like, to just have something that no one knows about for a year later and say, hey, what are the conditions there? Don't know, just gonna find out. I heard it's... Cold. Right, yeah, exactly. And then it's like mountainous, muddy sometimes, alpine, yeah. generally bad. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, later in this, in the next couple paragraphs here, I put a kilometer amount. Uh, oh, okay. And I was shocked at how far it was. Mm. I consistently forget how big um, modern day Canada is. Right. And obviously back then, it's like, you know, we can go into a car and drive 110 kilometers an hour mm. and get somewhere in a few hours. Right. But back then. Back then. Mm. Dysentery. <laughs> dysentery. Canadian authorities required every stampeder, fun, to have a year's worth of gold mining equipment and supplies before crossing the Canadian border, such as... Warm clothes and outerwear, moccasins and boots, blankets and towels, mosquito netting, personal care items, medicine, first aid items, candles and matches, soap, approximately a thousand pounds of food, tools and mining equipment, and camping equipment. I mean, just what an affront to their freedoms. What? Limiting, limiting how, or forcing them to have things as they cross a border. Disgusting. Another thing that what I like on joke there? there? Uh, an anti-vax joke. Oh... Uh... Subtle humor. Topical. Uh, another thing that I like is like, look, we understand you are coming from miles around. If you think your unwashed ass is coming in here. Soap. Get the fuck out. <laughs> you need soap. We not let no stinky people into our country. Wash your ass. Yeah. Also, as we discuss and as we will discuss, they're not exactly like you said, they're not hopping on planes and mm-hmm. then driving in their rental SUV. So to haul around approximately a thousand pounds of uh-huh. food. <laughs> also, can you be imagine like can you just imagine being the guy that like came up from present day Florida to the Canadian border <laughs> and you're like, ah, frick. I forgot my tools and mining equipment. Oh. I have everything else. I forgot the mining. I forgot my colander that I'm going to put into the river. <laughs> Sir, this is only 850 pounds of food. We're going to need you to, to turn around. It's not enough. Yeah. Uh, there were a few ways to get to Dawson City. The Edmonton backdoor routes, uh, which took people up from what is now Edmonton. Uh, if you wanted to drive, it would be a 28-hour drive. And this is the kilometer amount. 2,500 kilometers. Yeah. You kind of forget. Like, you, you think of Edmonton as being north. And then it's like, Hardly, oh, dude. well, nope, not even a little bit. No. There were glacier routes, which had people landing in port cities closest to Dawson City and walking the rest of the way through the mountains. The Ashcroft route, which uh, meant people just going straight north from a town called Ashcroft. It's outside of modern-day Vancouver. Uh, then the all-water route, which was known as the rich man's route, sailing around Alaska and up the Yukon River was easy, but very expensive and easy. I want to put that lately. Uh, late 1800s here, so 
nothing is easy. Mm -hmm. And finally, the route that was the hardest, longest, seemingly the most awful, and of course, the most popular because it was the cheapest, the Chillicoot and White Pass routes. Stampeders, with their year of supplies, traveled to port cities in the Pacific Northwest and boarded boats headed north to the Alaskan town of Skagway, which took them to the White Pass Trail, or Dia, which took them to the Chilkoot Trail. Uh, no matter which trail was chosen, it sounds like it fucking sucked. And just imagine, please, that these, like, most of these people are hearing rumors about how there's gold. Rumors. No one actually knows... If it's there or not, they're just like, there's gold. I best book a three-month trip. <laughs> uh, it's like just dreams of being rich. And then these people are like, I won't eat. I'll just survive off of my hopes and dreams. Mm -hmm. And soap. And <laughs> But I'll be so clean. <laughs> the White Pass was not as steep or rugged as the Chilkoot, but it was new, narrow, and clogged, and slippery with mud. Many animals became stuck and died, earning the trail the nickname the Dead Horse Trail. It's estimated that 3,000 horses died on White Pass. Many of the bones of the horses lie at the bottom of the trail to this day in Dead Horse Gulch. Bro. Yeah, that's rough. What a name. It's like we have Head Smash and Buffalo Jump. I mm -hmm. think I've mentioned that before on this podcast. Um, and that is also aptly named. Yes. Like, that is what happened. Mm -hmm. Dead Horse Gulch. What What else do you think has been named that <laughs> is, like, actually real? Olds has a lot of old people in it. Red Deer. Damn. Right. The Chilkoot Trail was <laughs> steep, icy, and snowy. Although pack animals were used to haul supplies for much of the Stampeders' journey, once they reached Chilkoot Trail, they had to abandon the animals and carry their supplies the rest of the way. This usually required making several trips up and down a frozen slope, which included 1,500 steps carved of snow and ice, known as the Golden Staircase. So you're just like trekking back and forth, taking as many supplies as you can, like per trip. I like multi-day hikes, but this seems excessive. Also, what happens to the animals after? Like, they just ride these horses for a while, and then it's like, okay, go be a wild animal now, bye. Yeah, they take the reins off, and it's spirits, stallion of the Cimarron, man. <laughs> During 1897, an estimated 20 to 30,000 gold seekers spent an average of three months packing their gear up the trails and over the passes to the lakes. Sorry, it's scripted here as 20 to 30,000. I'm assuming that means 20,000 to 30,000 and not, we're estimating between 20,000 oh, or yeah. 29,980 more than that. I took it out. I took, <laughs> I took all the zeros out because... Uh, that's how I would say it. Yeah, no, and that's to 30, yeah, that, that's totally fair. It was just it was funny <laughs> to me. It's like yeah, somewhere between twenty I, people yeah. and a small city um, spent an average of three months packing their gear up the trails and Nobody over the knows. passes to the lakes. The distance from the tidewater to the lakes was about fifty kilometers, but each individual trudged hundreds of clicks back and forth along the trails, moving their gear again which was a lot. Yeah. Once the prospectors had hauled themselves and geared to the lakes, they built or bought boats to float the remaining 900-ish kilometers downriver to Dawson City and the Klondike Mining District, where an almost limitless supply of gold nuggets was said to be. Many people died during the river trip, as you can imagine. Yeah, 900 more kilometers? Yeah. No thanks. Miners who came to the Yukon in the winter had to wait months for the ground to thaw. They set up makeshift camps in Dawson and endured the winter as best they could. With so many... Mm, 
There were so many people crammed into such a small area that bathroom and hand-washing facilities were lacking, and sickness and disease and death from infectious illnesses were commonplace. Dysentery. Dysentery. Dysentery has entered the <laughs> chat. <laughs> and exited. Uh, <laughs> and rapidly exited. Drink some water. Joseph Ledoux, an American who had been in the Yukon since 1882, operated a trading post on the Yukon River 70 kilometers above the mouth of the Klondike. While others staked claims for gold, Ledoux was quick to capitalize on the discovery of gold on Bonanza Creek. He staked out 65 hectares of swamp and moose pasture at the mouth of the Klondike River, called it Dawson City, after the famous Canadian geologist George Mercer Dawson, but of course we knew that. Yeah, and made who a doesn't know? George Mercer Dawson. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, made a fortune selling lots and the lumber to build on them. About 30,000 Stampeders finally arrived in Dawson City. Most were disappointed to learn that reports of the Klondike Golds were greatly exaggerated. For many, thoughts of gold and wealth had sustained them during their journey. Learning they'd come so far for nothing, and they probably... Uh, said goodbye to at least several, like at least three of their family horses. Uh, they'd come so far for nothing; it was too much to bear, and they immediately booked passage home. Like, could you imagine? There's no planes. <laughs> they just did it all in reverse. Right. Like, they were like, "Damn, I hope my horse didn't go, you know, a hundred percent spirit." <laughs> and it's like, I hope you left home on good terms. Like, not so long, suckers. I'm gonna be rich. Yeah. Come back six months later. Everyone's so forgotten long, about loser you. Loser kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, but yeah, like that, That I mean, there's probably some form of a metaphor in here about like chasing riches and stuff like that, but I'm too tired to find it. But um, that, that had to have just been so, like you, you make it through this like eco challenge mm -hmm. and instead of a finish line and medals, it's, well, we have land. And we have wood to build on the land. Yeah. And you can um, restock up on soap. But other than that, <laughs> like, we're, you, you're, you probably just want to go. You home. can, like, wash your hands and stuff, but you got to go. Yeah. Other people stayed in Dawson and attempted to mine gold. They usually came up empty-handed. But instead of returning home, some took advantage of Dawson's booming infrastructure and worked in or opened saloons, supply stores, banks, brothels, and restaurants. Most of the town's merchants made their fortunes off the never-ending supply of miners arriving consumed with gold fever. Some poor prospectors got jack shit, and someone opened a Boston pizza and made bank. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hate that story, and I love it at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's smart. Totally. I, yeah, like just, you know, lemons, lemonade sort of a thing. Right, when life gives you lemonade. That's my, <laughs> my favorite saying. <laughs> the discovery of Yukon Gold made a few lucky miners rich beyond their wildest dreams, and many people made their fortunes off the backs of the miners chasing those dreams. Mm -hmm. Again, metaphors. Mm. The influx of people to Dawson turned it into a legitimate city. It also led to a population boom in the Yukon Territory, Alberta, BC, and Vancouver. If all the millions of dollars found in gold that was recovered from 1897 to 1899 was divided equally among all of those who participated in the gold rush, the amount would probably fall short for the time that was actually invested to reach the Klondike. 
The economy, the precious economy, which had been locked in a depression and plagued by unemployment. Oh, that's why all these people had the spare time. <laughs> I guess there is that. That's why all these people had six right. months to travel to the Yukon. Anyways. Hey, don't hate on being unemployed for six months. Oh, shit. Sorry, dude. Sore subject. Sure, sure, sure. That's uh, it. I'm going to go find gold. <laughs> Plagued by unemployment, uh, benefited from the spending during the gold rush. The population of the Klondike went from 25,000 or more during the heyday of the gold rush to a few hundred within a decade. The Klondike gold rush brought about a rapid advance in the development of the Yukon Territory, which was officially formed by Parliament in June of 1898. The gold rush left an infrastructure of supply, support, and governance that led to the continued development of the territory, a.k.a. People wanted to find gold so freaking bad that somebody built them infrastructure. Also, shout out to Canada for being like, oh, you have gold? Come, come here. Come Just here. Come, come on in. Like, I'm, I'm picturing Dr. Evil with the, like, come Cut to Sir John A. Macdonald, and he's like, I love gold! <laughs> <laughs> and also killing indigenous people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's not a coincidence that, oh, Canada's welcome in uh, in 1898. And when was the gold rush? Uh, 1898. Like, oh, hmm. in- interesting how that interesting. worked out. Had it not been for the discovery of gold, development of this region would have probably been slow and gradual. Uh, on the other side of the coin, it did have horrific impact. On the other side of the gold coin, it had a horrific impact on the local environment. This is a sad part. Don't. Sorry. Causing massive soil erosion, water contamination, deforestation, and loss of native wildlife, among other things, like how it severely impacted indigenous people. Uh, while some made money off miners by working as guides and helping haul supplies, they also fell victim to new diseases. And the introduction of casual drinking and access to alcohol uh, had an effect on indigenous populations. Uh, some indigenous peoples, such as the Han, uh, declined rapidly in numbers as their hunting and fishing grounds were ruined and invaded upon. Some self-governance has been returned to some of the indigenous peoples in this area, but of course... Uh, not all things have been fixed from this huge influx of people. The Klondike gold rush slowed by the end of 1898 as word got out that there wasn't any left. There's no more gold. Go home. <laughs> Countless miners had already left Yukon Territory penniless, leaving gold mining cities such as Dawson and Skagway in rapid decline. The gold rush officially ended in eight, uh, 1899 with the discovery of gold in Nome, Alaska. The find reignited the dreams of many dejected miners who quickly forgot what the hell they just went through mm-hmm. and decided, oh, let's give it another go, shall we? Like, could you imagine you get all the way to Dawson City and they're like, no more gold here, go home. And then you get back to like the tip of Florida where you're from and they're like, we discovered gold. It's back up in Alaska. Yeah. That at least happened to, like, at least 10 people. Oh, totally. At least. But this is totally, like, you're in Vegas, you've just lost all of your money, and, like, someone dropped a 25-cent chip on the floor, and you're like, my luck has turned around. It's the one. I'm on a heater now, baby. I can't lose. Luck is on my side. Maybe I'll get dysentery. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who among us hasn't got dysentery in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, like, that... One of the the other things that I read that um, didn't I didn't quite make it into this was that a lot of them like they got there during the winter and mm-hmm. just or like late fall and just like had to wait it out. And again, winter in the Yukon 
A, you don't see the sun ever, um, which is only kind of an exaggeration. But B, very cold. Yeah. It's and like, in and 1898, I can't imagine, again, like the heated blankets probably weren't fantastic back then. Yeah. Those and were just on fire blankets. Where, Do- <laughs> where Dawson City is in uh, the Yukon, um, it's like basically on the edge of the Arctic Circle. So pretty freaking cold. Right. Yeah, and so you just wait out the winter, and then it's, okay, let's get some good... Hey, wait, what? Nope, sorry, I hmm. left. Well, at least there's Boston pizza. At least there's a Boston pizza. Um, so, do you have anything else to say about the gold rush, or do you feel like we've covered how it happened, and you feel like you learned something about it? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't know any of this. And I, admittedly, I thought, like... The gold rush. So it's like, okay, there was a rush of gold, but really no. the entire gold rush was a bunch of people rushing to find out that there wasn't any left. Like yeah. it's, it, it, it was a lot less, um, I wanted to say magical and, and that's the only word that I can think of, yeah. but it just like, it, it did kind of seem like it was just like this boom period. And it ended up kind of being that as smart, rich people took advantage of poor people chasing those riches again. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought it was more prosperity for everyone and everyone is getting rich and this is fantastic. And it, it kind of just ended up sucking for like 98% of the people in there. Right. Which is kind of my last thought on the M. Okay. Well, um, the reason I was asking is because uh, I did my favorite thing, which is look up Google reviews. Mm. <laughs> uh, we have the drunken goat Taverna. Sorry, would you call those Google do's and don'ts? <laughs> oh my god. We need to find a t-shirt printing company <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Google do and don't. <laughs> Anyways, the Drunken Goat Taverna uh, has a 4.4 out of 5 and Ooh. it has 191 reviews. So pretty solid reviews. There's also Klondike Kate's Restaurant. Okay. Which is fun because it was Kate uh, Carmack and her husband that uh, were some of the original finders of gold. There is Pan of Gold Pizza Shop. Nah. Ah, nice, nice, nice. That has a 4.3 out of 5. Uh, and then we have, this is my favorite name and I couldn't tell you why. Uh, Sourdough Joe's. It just feels nice coming it, out of my it mouth. Flows, yeah. Sourdough Joe's. 4.1 out of 5. 84 reviews. Hmm. Yeah, and there's so many pictures, so a lot of Dawson City and the infrastructure that was left behind from the gold rush, a lot of it still is standing. There's like lots of wooden houses that have basically forests growing out of them. Uh, There's like a really famous um, slanted building. It's like two buildings that kind of fell into each other. Mm -hmm. And someone was like, yeah, that seems structurally sound. Let's leave that up. And now people take pictures with it. Hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Maybe we should go on a road trip, a 28-hour, 2,500-kilometer road trip <laughs> to Dawson City. We could eat at Sourdough Joe's. I mean, how could we not? <laughs> they Honestly, that should be um, like a Taekwondo place. <laughs> More than a bread place. Uh, but thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for listening uh, week after week with the exception of last week. <laughs> and uh, next week... We're going to be doing an episode, but we're going to be separate. Yes. You are. Well, we are going to Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And you're going to stay behind. I'm going to come back. Yes. 
And uh, we are going to cover next week the Tunnels of Moose Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this because we, we've both done one of the tours. The fun tour. Yep. Um, the tour where you um, get to bask in white privilege mm. is how I'm going to sum that up. You get to not think about how there was lots of uh, Asian slaves. Yes. In Saskatchewan. Right. On top of all the other horrendous shit that Canadians did. Yeah, yeah, that that is the not fun uh, tunnel experience. Yeah, yeah. The, the one that we went through is the Al Capone one. Yeah, um, much so. more fun. You get to be a mobster. Yes. Yeah, I hit my head a lot, but... Yeah, tunnels aren't your forte. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to, to do that. Me too, and uh, we will, yeah, be doing that separately. You'll be in Saskatchewan, I'll be here in Berta. Right, our first remote one. Ooh... We had no idea. On the road. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope neither of us gets dysentery. I would call that a successful weekend <laughs> if that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, thank you for downloading. And uh, we are happy that we still get to do this. And, and we're so thankful that, um, you know, anybody downloads this week after week. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, remember we, to rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you have any suggestions, because... After next week, we're kind of out again. So, um, <laughs> if, any ideas, send them our way. It is we had no idea podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at we had no idea podcast. Bye. Bye.